Romans chapter 8 and ver chapter 14 and verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless you. We thank you, as always, for your blessed, holy, written word. We thank you for the anointing upon that word. We thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We believe you today as a group for utterance in the Holy Spirit, to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. And Father, we thank you that not only in this service, but in the coming days, weeks, months, and years, should Jesus tarry, that we have that utterance to proclaim that truth to those who need it. We thank you. Thank you for the power in your word. We thank you for the power of the blood. We speak it. We apply it. We sprinkle it. We plead it. We appropriate it. And we honor and highly esteem the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the name of Jesus. We can use in all authority and power throughout this world to lay hands on the sick so that they'd recover, to speak with new tongues, cast out devils, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing that won't harm us, and to ask whatsoever we will. And you'll give it us so that our joy can be full. To command and demand in that name that Jesus would do it. Thank you for that powerful name. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you again for your Holy Spirit in filling us, indwelling us, leading us, guiding us into all truth, teaching us all things, bringing all those things to our remembrance whatsoever we've heard, and showing us things to come. We thank you that he's our counselor, comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, helper, teacher, and guide. Thank you that he has free course in this service and in our lives. We thank you again, Father, and we believe we receive revelation, heart knowledge, according to Mark eleven twenty four, for each of us and anyone who listens to this or watches it. We thank you again, Father, we need no man to teach us. We're taught by your Holy Spirit who lives within us as believers. Thank you again for the message going forth to unbelievers, that they would come into the kingdom. For now is the accepted time, and now is the day of salvation. We honor you, we praise you, and we bless you. We thank you for your word, we thank you for your love, poured out in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, there, there's just so much prophecy going on today that uh, I, you know, I, I don't particularly enjoy every message that I I have I have to preach. It, but I just work here, so you know I'm going to do it because the Lord wants me to. But there's so much prophecy going on by those who feel they're called to a New Testament prophets ministry, and the New Testament prophets ministry is quite different from the Old Testament prophets ministry, but a lot of people uh, seem to want to dovetail that, but there's so much prophecy going on, and by other regular church people, laity if we, we call it that, you know, we can all prophesy, uh, but we have to be careful. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing, but we have to be careful when we're looking at prophecy nowadays, and, and uh, this, this particular scripture, talking about living to the Lord, Romans chapter 14 teaches us here this entire uh, opening. Uh, 
teaches us that we need to be careful and be wise about the liberty that we have as Christians. You know, we've been given a lot of liberty. Uh, the Lord's given us uh, uh, free will. He's given us uh, morality to decide, make decisions on our own. We can make the wrong decision. Prophets uh, are people. The Bible says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, whatever, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, pastoral uh, spirits are subject to the, you know, what goes on in their lives. Uh, same thing with evangelists, same thing with uh, apostles, and anybody in the fivefold ministry, teachers, they're, they're subject to what goes on. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So we, we have to be careful to understand that the, the human part exists. We have to be wise about our liberty. If you go back to verse 1 here, Romans chapter 14, it says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. Now this, this opening is talking about eating certain things and not eating things. Don't, don't get let that worry you. We're talking about uh, looking at prophecies and looking at things that are going on now. And people are predicting things. People are making themselves... You know, seers and, and things that, you know, we, we have to be careful with what we're listening to. A and judge the prophecy, not the person. Just be careful. Verse 2 says, For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now, are, are vegetarians weak? <laughs> not necessarily. You know, that's a choice that they make. God gave us a choice. He gave us a liberty. You know, there, there's whole uh, doctrines and, and, and beliefs that don't eat meat. You know, why hold that against someone? Or, or why, if, you, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, why hold it against somebody who eats meat? Scripturally sound to, to do both. But it says, uh, he, he says here... Uh, he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. That's where we have to be careful. Judging people. We're, you know, Jesus talked enough about it. You know, if we never read past the Gospels, we know. He says, judge not that you be not judged. Don't judge people. You're going to, the same judgment that you meet out, you're going to receive. And I'm here to tell you, he, he, you know, that's accurate, spot on. Who are you to judge another man's servant? Verse 4. Who are you to judge another man's servant? I'm not going to judge any of God's servants, that's for sure. That's why we don't criticize ministers. No matter how wrong they are, Eat the hay and throw out the sticks, or don't listen to them. Don't criticize them. Don't put them up before, you know, God. You, you know, you're acting in behalf of the devil when you do. To his own master he stands or falls. Don't criticize another man's servant. Indeed, he'll be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. God is able to make him stand. Verse 5, one person esteems one day, Above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. 
and we can add in his own heart. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he will not. He does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord. He who gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. That's not double talk. You can understand that. You know, it's written, this is the New King James Version, of course. But it's written, you know, so that we can understand it. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. So if you put a down payment on an island somewhere, somebody's going to be around. Verse 8, for if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, we live or die, we are the Lord's. Whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. Whether we live or die. And if Jesus tarries, we will all die physically. You know, we don't, we don't know. Just ask the people that were here a hundred years ago if you can find anybody. Verse 9. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again that he might be Lord of both the living and the dead. The dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Praise God. Thank God we will. We will not stand before the great white throne judgment. That is not for us. That's for unbelievers. And it, you know we can see that in the book of Revelation. We're not going to turn to that today. We've talked about it in the past. The great white throne judgment is for unbelievers. They will get their comeuppance at that point. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're responsible for what we do in these physical bodies. He made us. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Ephesians 2.10, we know that. Verse 11, Romans chapter 14, verse 11. For it's, for it's written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. I certainly, certain, that's Isaiah 45.23, by the way. And I certainly rather bow on some nice comfortable carpet or some nice green grass than on the coals of hell, wouldn't you? They're going to bow. They're going to bow. And, you know, the second death is even worse, lake of fire. Verse 12, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore or any longer, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Praise God. You know, as I said, it's mentioned enough about judgment that we, we ought to know as Christians that we're not to sit in judgment over people. We'll judge angels, the Bible says, but not now. You know, we're not set up for that right now. Verse 14. If you think I'm going to read this whole chapter, you're right. It's only 23 verses. Verse 14. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it's unclean. I heard a famous minister, and uh, he, you know, he got on one of his teaching uh, series, and he was talking about, you know, not eating pork. All right, that it's his desire not to eat pork. I know Jewish people that eat pork. We had an attorney when I was in the banking business. 
His favorite food was pork chops. The Bible does not preach against not eating something. You know, he told uh, Peter, you know, in, in that vision, you know, don't call anything that I made unclean. He says, but if it's unclean to somebody, it's unclean to them. They don't need to eat it. Verse 15, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. And that's the key. We need to stay walking in love. Don't destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Don't destroy with your judgment or your criticism of somebody's prophecy, you know, what Christ died for. You know, you have to be an example to people. There's been a lot of Christians come out against people prophesying, you know, who's going to be back in the White House or who's, you know, this or that or the other thing. You know, we need to be careful. Not anxious, careful. Be anxious for nothing, but be careful about judging. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Do not let your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify or build up another. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things, excuse me, are indeed pure, but it's evil for the man who eats with offense. A feeling of giving offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. As I said, we're not talking about eating here. We're talking about judging prophecies. But it applies to the same thing. For it's good neither to eat meat nor drink wine and do anything that your brother stumbles or is offended or made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Because if he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever isn't of faith is sin. And that can stand alone. That is, you know, that, that's full Bible. Whatever is not faith is sin. Praise God. These are guidelines with respect to things that are not commanded or forgiven, forbidden in Scripture, rather. Determining the neutrality of certain moral issues is not simple. Tell me about it. However, when the principles taught here are, are, are obeyed, the Holy Spirit is free to guide individuals. Praise God. You know, I, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but Brother Egan has a good testimony on that. You know, and I've heard it several times, how he used to drink coffee as a child. You know, that's, that's what they gave him, a little bit of coffee. But it's, it began to make him ill every morning when he drank coffee. You know, physically ill. He said, he, and he said this, he, he would have had to die to feel better. So, you know, the Lord told him, quit drinking coffee. Quit drinking it. There's no food value to it anyway. So, it, it, but it might not bother you. It doesn't bother me. So, everybody's an individual. So we need to be careful not to judge each other. 
Christians are not to judge each other with reference to the practice of morally neutral issues. And some of these things here mentioned are morally neutral. You know, whether you listen to, to prophecy, uh, you have to be careful, like I said. Listen to the prophecy. Don't worry about the individual. Each individual is responsible to God. Uh, uh, the right of judgment belongs to Christ. Weak and strong Christians alike shall stand not at each other's judgment, but before the judgment seat of Christ. And thank God, like I said, that's based on what we've done in this life. You can see that Second 2 Corinthians 5.10. It will not determine whether or not we enter heaven, but it's going to determine the degrees of reward in heaven. We've not talked a lot about reward here, but I'll tell you, Brother Keith Moore does an excellent teaching on it. Some people... Uh, think that there, that there should be no reward. We're supposed to just do what we're supposed to do. Sorry about that. Do what we're supposed to do and, and you know, suffer through life. No, there, there's things that, you know, degrees of reward. But, you know, the less you think about them, probably the less you're concerned about them. But, you know, you're standing before judgment seat of Christ, not the great white throne judgment. Thank God. So how do we handle all these prophecies and theories that people have? Some of them are theories. I wouldn't even call them prophecies. Brother Hagin gives a good definition of a theory. It's a, a theory is a supposition based upon ignorance of the facts that are considered. Theories are, are, are just that. But, you know, some of these are accurate prophecies. You know, and I'll give you my take on it, not my opinion. I won't. Pre I will never preach opinion uh, from this pulpit. But my take on it is I've been around long enough, approaching seventy years, and not quite there yet, but approaching quickly seventy years. And you know, I, I've seen some things on this earth, and I, and I've seen times that you know have rolled. I mean, things are speeding up. A lot of these people that give these prophecies will talk about decades, plural, decades. You know, a decade is 10 years. At least it was when I was in school. And they talk about decades, so that would be at least 20 years. They talk about things that are going to happen hundreds of years. I don't know that we have that. And I'm just telling you that I'm not trying to scare people. You know, I thank God if we do have decades... Because that means, you know, my children and grandchildren will be able to grow up, and yours, your children and grandchildren. But I don't know. But the best thing that we can do is what? Look at the Bible, right? Look at the Bible. You know, all the wonderful prophecies about Christ in the, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 9, we, you know, and we go over those, uh, quite often, especially you know, towards Christmas time when we're celebrating Christ's birth. But uh, what about this one? Daniel chapter 12. Prophecy of the end time. Now, be careful with these because you, know, you, you can see so much in this that, that matches up with what's going on. You know, like I said, there's everybody that gives an incorrect prophecy or a bad prophecy isn't a false prophet. 
There might not even be a prophet. But uh, Daniel, he, he, this made it into the Bible for a reason. Daniel chapter 12. And, and uh, I don't want to run through it too fast, but in the beginning of here it says in verse 1, New King James Version, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, that's us. You're written in the Lamb's book of life. Once you're born again, don't scratch your name out of it. You're the only one that can do that. devil can't do it. You're in there. Verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt or abhorrence. Careful with that. You know, what about that? So don't people go to heaven or hell when they die? These two resurrections are further explained in Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 through 15. We'll not take the time to look at that today. But the first resurrection takes place before the millennium. The second after the millennium, just prior to the great white throne judgment. Millennium is the thousand year reign, and you know that. Verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Praise God, that ought to be all of us. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. And knowledge shall increase. I want you to read that again. Many shall run to and fro. And knowledge shall increase. When this was written. There were no vehicles. Other than. You know the. Ox carts and things like that. And donkeys and other things. That you could ride. Do people run to and fro nowadays? You know, you can fly to anywhere in this country in a few hours. Places around the world run to and fro, and people do it. People actually uh, commute from city to city. Trains, planes, even cars. Knowledge shall increase. Just since we've been here 23 years, Think of uh, 23 years ago, 1998. Think about how knowledge has increased. I mean, to imagine that, that you would have on your phone an internet, on your wrist, you know, something that you can talk to, that you can look at. We used to joke, you know, when, when we were kids about uh, looking at a telephone, looking at somebody's face. And now what is there, Zoom? FaceTime, all these other things, Facebook Live, all, all the things that go on. You know, you can talk to somebody and look at their face. Now, I, I guarantee you it's not the same. I, I've gotten a lot of kisses from grandchildren on, on the phone. It's not the same as getting one live, but it, it still, you look at their face. Now, when, when they figure out how to do, you know, the smelling part of it, that's when we're really, knowledge is really increased. You know, they, they haven't done that yet. But knowledge has increased. People run to and fro. Knowledge has increased. Daniel said that. 
That, that's going to happen. And, you know, more and more. You know, are we going to go back and forth to the moon? Are we going to go back and forth to planets? I don't know. You know, we, we don't know. But it's, it's happening. That's why I look at this and I think, decades, hundreds of years, I don't know. And, and Jesus said too, he doesn't know. He didn't know, the angels don't know. Only the Father knows. So, verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to the man, clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it shall be for a time. Now if you figured out what a time is, times, how many times? And a half a time. And when the power of the holy, pe holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I didn't understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many dispensational writers believe this time of the end refers to the fact that Daniel's vision of the 70 weeks was not understood until the 19th century A.D. Others feel this seems highly unlikely. The most obvious meaning seems to be that the latter events of the book of Daniel will not have great relevance until later in history. Praise God. Verse 10. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. Is that happening? And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The Bible tells us to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. From that time, the daily sacrifice is taken away. The abomination of desolation is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you, go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. That's the end of Daniel. Like I said, he's a prophet. Look at the Bible. All these prophecies will be and are being fulfilled. Praise God. And like I said, any of us as believers can prophesy. So don't, don't act like uh, when somebody prophesies that, you know, well, I know them. You know, I, I, I know they've, they've done some wrong. They've done some right. Now, don't look at it that way. Don't look at the... The prophet, look at the prophecy. How do, how do we handle them? Don't judge. The key is the loved one. You know, you, you know John 13, uh, 33 and 34. A new commandment Jesus said. New commandment I give that you love one another. As I've loved you, that you love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have loved one for another. You know, we can't love somebody and criticize them and judge them. And we saw, you know, in our text, didn't we? In Romans 14, you don't have to turn back there. I'll just read it quick. It says, if your brothers grieve because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. Don't destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, don't let your good 
be evil spoken of, because the kingdom of God isn't food and drink, isn't meat and drink, eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. A lot of people have openly criticized prophetic messages, theories, whatever. That's not the love walk. That's not the love walk. They, I've seen them get on social media and, and rip people from one end to the other. Then I see somebody asking for prayer for these same people. Friends, we have got to look in the mirror. Why push people the wrong way when keeping our mouths shut is the way to handle a lot of things. We'll close with this scripture. And I looked for this. My electronic Bible broke. And I looked for this. I couldn't remember the Greek word for it. And I thank Bill for finding it for me right away. Like I said, our internet was down. And, you know, we... Get used to those things, don't you? It's like running water and electricity and electric goes off and you think, Lord, did I take that for granted? Verse 21, Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Glunk. You swallow hard on that one sometimes. It says without a cause. Be angry and sin not, Jesus said, didn't he? Whoever's angry without a cause, guilty of judgment. That word judgment is krisis in, in the uh, Greek, K-R-I-S-I-S. We'd spell it in, if we were spelling it in English. It's pronounced krisis, 2920 in the Strong's. It carries the idea of separating the process of distinguishing and selecting, making a decision. The New Testament uses the word primarily in a forensic sense, especially of the divine judgment. Time is heading for the event when all sin will be confronted, dealt with, and judged accordingly. So we don't need to do that for anyone. It's going to happen. Because of the atoning work of Christ, believers will stand uncondemned. And here's another... Uh, a sentence of condemnation, damnatory judgment, condemnation and punishment. Now, what does it say here? What did Jesus say? Whoever says to his brother, Raka, well, I never said Raka. That means empty head. I used to use the word idiot a lot. I don't know about you, but it, it rolls off your tongue so nicely. I had a... a football coach in, in uh, ninth grade. He was also a bi our biology teacher that same year. Real nice guy, good, good person. He used that word like, well, you know, second nature. He'd say, offense, line up on the ball, rest of you idiots, get over here. You know, just like rest of you guys, he, he used idiots. You know, when I read this, I stopped using that. Raka means empty head. Whoever says to his brother, empty head, shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and remember, there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, 
lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Surely I say to you, you'll by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. In other words, we don't need to be calling people idiots or, or empty heads or raka or dumbbells or, or anything like that, even if they are. It's not up to us. Remember, we don't judge another man's servant. God will make him stand. Praise God. We have to be wise about our liberty. Live to the Lord. Live to the Lord. Those who live to the Lord will die to the Lord. Judge prophecies with the word of God. Look at the prophecies in the word of God. See them coming forth. But don't put your own spin on it. Your own take, your own opinion. We don't have an opinion when it comes to the word of God. Study the word of God. And don't judge those who are giving them. Stay in the love walk. Praise God. Stay out of judgment and in the love walk. Father, we love you. We praise you, we glorify you, we honor you, and we bless you. We thank you as always for leading us, teaching us, and guiding us by your word. We consider your word the only source, the only source, only source for what we should live by and how we should live. Thank you for that word. Thank you for the anointing upon your word. We love you, we praise you, and we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you're out there and you think, well, I, you know, I, I'm in line for judgment right now, the great white throne judgment, because I'm not a believer. Well, the easiest thing you can ever do is pray the prayer of faith for salvation. Be the greatest day of your life. And, it, and it's so easy. God didn't make anything hard for us to do. We think everything's hard. To live a life of faith is hard. No, he didn't make it hard. He said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And it is light. If you pray this prayer with us, you'll come into the kingdom and remain there forever, throughout eternity. Praise God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.13 says, All those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon him today. It's easy. Pray this prayer with us. Jesus said in John 6.37, If you come, I won't, won't cast you out. Whoever comes, I'm not going to turn him away. He won't turn you away. Don't let the devil tell you you've lived too bad of a life. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you that. Make him the last. Come and pray this prayer with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says, if I come, you won't turn me away. You won't cast me out. I repent of all my past sins. And thank you for forgiveness for him in Jesus' name. Jesus, come into my life as my Savior. And I make you the Lord of my life. I believe the Father God raised you from the dead. And I speak it with my mouth. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. I'm born again, born from above. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, and I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for healing me. 
Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or prayed it to come back to the Lord or be filled with the Holy Spirit, get to a good church, a word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church that teaches the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth. If you're listening to people on broadcast TV or on Facebook Live or Facebook Later or, or whatever it's called or Roku or YouTube or anywhere, listen to ones who are teaching the full gospel, the full Bible, the unadulterated word of truth. Get into a good daily devotional. Keep the word before your eyes. Don't let it depart from your eyes, the Bible says. Keep it in the midst of your heart, your spirit. It's life to those who find it, health or medicine to all their flesh. Thanks for joining us today. Have a blessed rest of the weekend and a wonderful week.